Hey, Georgia football fans. You are listening to episode 28 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I am joined today by Tony Waller. That's it. It's just the two of us today. For those of you who listen on a regular basis, our other co-host, Will Leach, is in New York City doing a bunch of national television shows for Bloomberg Politics. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. But have no fear. Even though we are one man down this week, Tony and I have plenty to talk about. The Dogs have a pivotal non-conference game versus the Georgia Southern Eagles of the Sunbelt Conference this week. And they are a team that every Georgia fan should be a little bit nervous about playing. Why? Well, it's been about three years since their last visit to Sanford, and now they play on the FBS level. They're also 7-2 on the season this year, and they lead the entire nation in rushing offense thanks to their dynamic triple option attack. That's why we, the players, and the coaches should have a healthy dose of respect for these Eagles from Statesboro. In this episode, Tony and I break down the sixth ever meeting between GSU and UGA. George has won the previous five fairly comfortably, but we also dive into the legend that was the late Irk Russell. For those of you who don't know, Coach Russell served as defensive coordinator on Vince Dooley's coaching staff for many years and left in the early 80s to resurrect the Georgia Southern football program, where he went on to deliver three national championships for them. As always, we will make our college football picks at the end of the show as well. So sit back and spend the next hour with Tony and me as we get started in three, two, one. All right, where are my notes? Do we? This means we have a... We have a podcast problem or a drinking problem. I can't remember what. Well, it's like the shirt. When I was in school here, for those uh, you don't know, just for just for reference, I was a freshman at Georgia in 1994, the year we went six four and one. <laughs> we had a, we tied Auburn. Yes. Yeah, and so '95 came after that. And that was Ray Goff's last year. '95 did come after '94. <laughs> Yeah, and that was the Virginia bowl game. We didn't go to a bowl at six four and one. We had a six four and one record. Correct me if I'm wrong. We did not go to a bowl game our I freshman was, year. I was in the wilderness in DC at the time. Yeah, we'll we'll look that up before the end. But I want to say that we didn't. In '95, we went to the Peach Bowl against Virginia and, and it, had. It feels right. Yeah. You know, if you want to guess Peach Bowl Virginia in the mid '90s, I don't think anyone's going to argue with you. That's right because we played them twice. Yeah. And then we played him in Hawaii. Jim's on his last game. Yes. The, the we don't care anymore ball. Right. The, the honey badger ball. Right. So what was I saying? Where was I going with this? Bullet bourbon. Was I? Your son. Seven-year-olds. In- oh, I was. yeah. I was just saying that um, I started uh, my college career in the mid-90s, so I did not see many good football seasons Yeah. yeah. in the mid-90s. Yeah. I had seven years in Athens, 86 to 93. So, I had six, 94 to 2000. Yeah, but I got two degrees. That's true. Yeah, funny story is my first <laughs> – you'll see my degrees. I actually framed it on the wall next to my wife's, and she was – she's two years younger than me, but yet we both have the May 2000 graduation date. My first day at my real job after I graduated, I went and worked for South Trust Bank, which was based out of Birmingham, Alabama, but we had a – It became Regents, right? It became Wachovia. Wachovia, okay. And then now is Wells Fargo. But, yeah, it was my first day, and somehow, I mean, well, no, I'm not going to belittle myself, but I didn't have a finance degree. I graduated with a speech communication major, and I was on the 21st floor in the corporate banking division. How'd that go for you? It went great. I learned a lot. But my first day there, you know, I'm big and bad. You know, they're like, hey, Mr. Duvall, this is your office. I had a, I had an, I had office. an office. office. I had a door. I had an office with a door overlooking the connector. I mean, wow. I could I could see into the Georgia Tech Stadium. So it wasn't like it wasn't like you were Milton, where you 
you know, could watch the squirrels play and you got to listen to music at a reasonable volume for one no, hour. I was on the 21st floor as a 23 year old recent college graduate working in high finance. To be clear, though, you were much older than your colleagues because yeah. of seven year plan. Correct. So, yeah, I was uh, I had just turned 23 and it was my first day at work. I was figuring out, my, you know, putting my pins all <laughs> nice and neat, kind of twiddling my thumbs, wondering what I was going to do. And one of the senior vice presidents came, you know, knock, knock. Hey, I want to introduce myself. And I stand up, you know, I had my suit on. I was clean shaven. I was excited to be there. And uh, we, you know, small talked a little bit. And he said, so, you know, where'd you go to school? I was like, oh, I went to Georgia. And then, I, have, of course, I had to ad lib. I was like, yeah, I was, I was there for six years. He was like, oh, MBA? I was like, I was like, no, no. Oh, see, no. I, I did. Uh, the, yeah, I went to. I spent some time helping the. There were some things, and then. That's right. So where? What did you say you went to school? Yeah. So that was my first day at uh, the bank, but it was a wonderful experience. I had three years at South Trust Bank and learned a lot, met a lot of great people, and I still, I guess you could say, I still bank with South Trust today because I've never changed my account. It's now a Wells Fargo account. Right. Here's the number in case you want to take this down. <laughs> Five five two three six nine. Um, so we got a little uh, we got a little football this weekend. Yeah. Uh, just so people, if you didn't know, Georgia is going into this weekend against Georgia Southern at a fourteen and a point a fourteen and a half point favorite, which is the lowest we've ever been against Southern. But it's the first time they've been to FBS. It's the first time they've been FBS. Uh, that's true. They're now they're now in the um, Sun Belt. Uh, they need Appalachian State to lose a game because Appalachian State has a tiebreaker against them. You think they will? I don't know. I haven't looked at App State's schedule, but they basically are, are a game behind in the loss column of Appalachian State. Otherwise, their only other loss was to West Virginia at the beginning of the season where I picked, foolishly picked them to compete, and they foolishly I did too. Did not. And they didn't um, even score a point. Right. But first things first, Scott, There's uh, the only real injury news that I've seen is Roquan Smith did not practice due to a, uh, a concussion uh, suffered. The other big news, Keith Marshall has decided this is his last season at Georgia. He's going to be uh, he's going to walk with the seniors Saturday night. Uh, he's going to be recognized at the gala at the end of the season as a senior. You know, he could uh, have applied for a medical red shirt and decided not to. I think I think his thought is I've done what I'm going to do. Right. And it's time to, to move on. And I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt at Tennessee a couple of years ago, he probably left last year, right, <laughs> honestly. Right, right. Um, and, and, and in a strange twist, we may well have lost Gurley and Marshall last year. But as it stands, you know, even now, he still possesses skills that the NFL values. He's a good blocker. He is uh, really good at running pass routes. He's not an every down back. He's not a, he, that's how he is different than Todd Gurley. But the fact of the matter is, is that somebody out there, especially in the league now, that values having basically a feature back and a couple of other down backs, Keith Marshall's going to end up on a roster next year. And it doesn't hurt the fact that Gurley's done so well coming off a knee injury just like Keith Marshall. Exactly. Keith Marshall. That's exactly right. Um, so we wish Keith the best going forward. And of course, we got, what, 19, 19 seniors, if I remember right, a few starters. But if you look at our senior list, we, other than Keith Marshall, I and mean, we, we don't graduate a lot of guys, and, and Malcolm Mitchell, we don't graduate a lot of guys that are, are really big-time contributors. I have to go back and look at the list. Jordan Jenkins. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Jordan. Yeah, Jordan Jenkins. So Quincy Mauger? Dang Mauger is, uh, I think he's a redshirt junior. But I, we, we could look. We could look that up. Uh, we have the internet. And, you know, I'll tell you <laughs> what, you can, you can look it up. If we're wrong, please uh, tweet us. Yeah. And by us, I mean Scott. 
Of course, we're not joined by Will tonight because Will is in New York City. He's doing big things. He's doing big, important things. He uh, had an appearance. We're recording this on Tuesday night. He had an appearance earlier on Bloomberg Politics with Mark Halpern and John Heilman. John Heilman. And those are the two guys that you'll see a lot of times on Morning Joe on MSNBC. Yeah, there you go. Of course, talking about the presidential race, uh, which uh, he has been covering for Bloomberg Politics since the start of the, the debate cycle. Um, so hopefully Scott and I can carry the day. And for those of you that have already turned it off, you didn't get to hear this announcement. So, uh, but those of you that stuck this far, we hope you enjoy it. And Scott, let's let's talk some George Southern. Yeah. So it's the you know the the one thing that, and I'm hoping you can answer this, but the one thing that's kind of popped into my mind is the Georgia Southern game gets closer is the fact that there is quite a reverence, a reverence, not an irreverence, a reverence between or amongst Georgia fans and Georgia Southern fans on years they're not playing. There's a mutual respect, I think. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with a, a, a kind of the long-term connection between the two See, programs. I was going to ask you, like, can you give a little bit of the backstory? Yeah, it's, it's all about Ark Russell. It's, is, uh, yeah. is that the only comment? Well, I, I mean, figured I, it was I, Brian Van Gorder. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Brian Van Gorder. By the way, do not get career advice from Brian Van Gorder. Um, but mustache advice. <laughs> mustache advice. Absolutely get mustache advice. So yeah, it, it all starts and it all starts with Ark Russell. And I think there's a lot of us who are there are a lot of Georgia fans from various parts of the state. And even though Georgia Southern now is the second largest university in the state, you know, even when I was coming up, Southern was a destination for a lot of us from where I was from in southeast Georgia. I'm from Pierce County. And a lot of people from the, my area of the state went to George Southern instead of coming all the way to Athens, just for a lot of reasons. I've made the joke, and I'll continue to make it because that's what I do, is you can't go to school to go to Southern. It's not really that way anymore. George Southern is a, is a fine university. It is a um, – they have legitimately put themselves on the map. They've done it through athletics, some with football. And that starts with Ark Russell and what he built down there. It really is phenomenal when you think about a program that played a junior varsity schedule one year. They played a partial – I guess one double A schedule the next year, and then in year three won the national championship, and then played for three more national championships in five years after that. It really is impressive what he did, and he did it basically by going out and recruiting kids that would have been recruited at other schools, but due to Prop Forty Eight and some other reasons, we're not getting into those other schools. And that's not to say everybody that played football at Georgia Southern in the eighties and nineties couldn't get into Georgia because clearly there's some guys that could have. You think about who was it, Adrian Peterson, not that one, the other one, who uh, was the, the oh, place yeah. kicker. And he played in the NFL. Yeah, oh, yeah, for, for the Bears for like 10 years. Yeah. Uh, what was the – there was a kicker, or maybe there still is a kicker for the Bears. Um, Gold, was, Gold, Robbie yeah, Gold? Yeah, he played at Georgia Southern. Really? Yep, yep. Um, I think he just broke Kevin Butler's record. He did, record. he did. So yeah. how ironic is that also? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Georgia, Georgia Southern has a long and, and very proud history, and they should have a very proud history. That being said, they're still a Sunbelt team. You know, and I'm not – we'll, we'll get into hard stats right now. If, if, if this is the make fun of Georgia Southern portion of the program. Well, before you continue to make – and I'm all for that. Yeah, let's, okay. let's do it. Let's, but let's before, you, before you continue that, I did look up a little bit of – because, you know, I mean, hey, I, I'm a big Georgia fan. I went to Georgia, but safe to say I'm not up on my Irk Russell history. I'm not like Jeff Dancer where I know everything about the man. But um, <laughs> it is scary at times. <laughs> no, I mean Jeff. Jeff has a tremendous capacity for remembering stuff. That's right. That's right. And no, if it has deals, I have to type it out. And if it if it deals with George football between 1977 and 1985, Jeff can tell you. Right. So, for those of you who don't know, and all two of you who don't know this, 
Irk Russell was the defensive coordinator for Georgia from 1964 to 1981 and then left to resurrect, as Tony mentioned, the Georgia Southern program and was head coach there from 1982 to 1989. And as Tony also mentioned, he won championships in 1985, 86, and 89. And played for another one. Okay, and played for another. It's kind of like uh, what happened here at Georgia where we won in 80 and then played for a couple more. Essentially, yes. Yeah. yeah. But I did find this really – have you seen this The clip? game ball in 1980? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to play yeah. it and see if it comes up. If not, I'll put it in post. But in the video, this is after Georgia beat South Carolina in 1980. It was the year Georgia won. It was won. the 13-10 game, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. By the way, there were a lot of 13-10 games that season. That's it the point I was making. It goes on what you were saying. That's exactly about right. The That's the point I was making is that, that we – that the only national championship we won in, in 97% of all uh, current Georgia fans' lifetimes happened on the backs of a strong defense and an offense that was uh, – that grow, grew stronger right. on the back of Herschel Walker – but really didn't know what we had when we started. Right. And so they beat the Gamecocks. They're in Gamecocks were ranked 14th. George Rogers fumbled to help seal the victory for Georgia. I can't talk tonight. In the acceptance speech, Eric Russell got the game ball from, who is it, Frank Ross? It looks like Frank Ross. Yeah. So he gave him the game ball, and it was just quintessential Eric Russell in his response. So I'm going to read you what he says. He says, men, I mean, maybe you could do a better. better I can't or, do an Eric Russell. Okay, well, I can't either. But he said, men, I appreciate this with all my heart. You don't know how much I do appreciate it. I love every one of you. And screw Florida and the mule it came in here on. Yeah, and yeah, I can't imagine we have listeners that don't know who Eric Russell is. But if They might not know the magnitude. Right, 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 right. Man, I appreciate this with all my heart. You don't know how much I do appreciate. I love every one of you. And screw Florida and the mule that came in here. If you want to know who Irk Russell is, Irk Russell is that that salty uncle. I mean, he always he always had a cigar in the, in the locker room. The thing about him is that he he pulled no punches. I mean, he was. I guess the the quintessential picture of him is with blood running down yep. his face because he was like um, he was headbutting guys with helmets on. I mean, there's no doubt the captain from the uh, whatever the carrier was in Top Gun would play Irk Russell. I mean, cigar in his mouth. I mean, you know, well, you, I see he has a cigar in this, the picture. It's just incredible. The guy is just such an incredible motivator. And the, and the letter he wrote at the beginning of the 1980 season, we've all seen it passed around. It's really incredible. It's like they're, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to win this one and then we're going to win 11 or nine, 10 more. And there is no plan B. Uh, it's just really, it's incredible inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I love what he's wearing in this picture. It looks like something Elvis would wear if Elvis were a Georgia fan. Elvis was a Georgia fan, wasn't he? <laughs> no, Elvis was an Ole Miss fan, of course. It's like a black top with a red collar shirt underneath, and it's all short sleeve to show his guns, and he's yeah. got a red belt and black pants. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, and it's, oh black, the, it's the red top is under the black. I yes, mean, well, it looks like yes. somebody he'd wear for Georgia blacking out Georgia Southern. I might wear that Saturday night. That'd be awesome. I might you wear that Saturday night. I have should. to find a red belt, but I have everything else there. That's what you should do. You should, you, here, here's how you do it. I don't know if that might I have be. black pants. Okay, right. black pants. Black short sleeve shirt. The hard the hard part is find the red Sansa belt belt. Yeah. That's the hard part. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Well, my my sons have an old uh, little league belt that's red. I'm you can borrow pretty that. Pretty sure your son's little league belt wouldn't fit around my they leg. Had, they were on the same team, so there's two red little league oh, belts. Oh well, do you have another son? Do you have three sons? <laughs> no. Remember, I wear extra medium. So. <laughs> so yeah, so that's a little bit of background on. Yeah, but that's the, that's the source of the the mutual respect between mm-hmm. Georgia and Georgia Southern. 
Is there any other connection? Because it just feels like there is. Maybe it's just close proximity, or well, there's something I there's something I tell sometimes is that uh, I actually lived in Maryland when the Baltimore CFL franchise, uh, piloted by Tracy Ham, won the only non-Canadian Grey Cup. For those of you who don't know, you can Google Grey Cup to, just to show I know I'm talking about. But the CFL championship is called the Grey Cup, and the Baltimore uh, they couldn't call themselves the Stallions because it was too close to Colts. For the Baltimore CFL franchise. That's right. right. They went yeah. by just the CFL franchise. There you go. So. They were the they were the Stallions when they first started the season. But they still but, had the Stallions on their helmet. They just couldn't call them that. That's right. That's right. So I actually got to see uh, a CFL game with Tracy Ham in Baltimore because I lived up there at the time. How good was he? Who's Tracy Ham? He was awesome. I know. I'm, I'm yeah. asking you to Tracy freaking Ham. Can I say that? No. Yeah, you can say <laughs> okay. that. Tracy Ham. I mean, he was he was spectacular. And, and strangely enough, they're running exactly the same offense they run. Actually, there are. Their option now is a little more complicated than the option they used to run. They used to run it's just a straight up wishbone, right. like smash mouth. We're gonna this is what we're gonna run. Come and stop us. Uh, their option now is a lot more along more the like lines tech. of what tech and, and navy runs with some deception. A lot more, um, a lot more at the line reads, kind of like the, put the ball in the gut and pull it back out. And to top off our Irk Russell discussion, during the 17 years that Irk served as the Georgia Bulldogs defensive coordinator, the Dogs played 192 games. And they held the opposition to 17 or fewer points in 135 of them. Yeah, yeah. In 74 of those contests, the defense kept the other team in single digits, including 27 shutouts. Yeah, that's really impressive. Now, before people are like, ah, oh, see, blah, blah, blah. Football was different then. Different. One. Two, the SEC was a very different conference. It literally was a two-team conference. It was Alabama and whoever was in Alabama that season. Usually Tennessee, sometimes Georgia, occasionally Ole Miss. Uh, occasionally Auburn. Um, Never Florida. No, Florida in football wasn't invented until 1990, remember? That's right. Yeah, but it, it still was impressive what he did uh, at two different programs. He should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's not because he didn't wasn't a head coach long enough, didn't get enough wins as a head coach, and that's just that's purely a failing on the part of the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the, a College Football Hall of Fame without a place for Eric Russell is not a real College Football Hall of Fame. Well said. So to preview the game, what do you think? I mean, well, I'll go ahead and give this. Let me give some of the juicy, like, high-level stats. Yeah, and set, you can, set us up. Set us and up. And then you can dive a little bit deeper. So, Georgia Southern is 7-2. and two. Yeah, the out-of-conference was West Virginia, Western Michigan, the Citadel. And then us. And now us. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, like Tony said, they lost to WVU and App State. And they lead <clears> the nation in rushing yards at 379 a game. However, how many teams are in FBS? 129 okay. or 130? Yeah, probably so. Well, they're 128th in passing. Then they're last. They're last in passing. They are. So there's 120. Yeah. So they are averaging yeah. 64 passing. By bunch. By like 70 yards. Okay. I didn't even, I didn't even look that up. but No, by, by 30 yards. I, I think um, Navy is averaging about 90 yards, 95 yards. 64 yards on average passing per game. They're ninth in points scored, which is pretty respectable. Yes. Uh, at 42 points a game. And their D is pretty good, giving up around 23 points per game. Their leading rusher is Matt Breida. Yeah. He's he's already got 1,242 yards on the season. Yeah. So I think that, uh, just to talk about what you talked about, the, the players you need to watch out for are Breida and Ramsby. Those are the two. That's the A and B backs. Um, I'm not sure what their terminology is. I'm going to use A and B backs since that's what George Tech uses. Um, the, I guess the A back is the fullback, and the uh, B back. That's right. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. 
They're the A and B backs. Let's just stay. Okay. Right. We're going to see, uh, I think it's Kevin Ellison, who is the quarterback, although Fabian Upshaw will come in at times. Fabian Upshaw started the season. Uh, he's the one. He threw four interceptions, three or four interceptions at West Virginia, uh, and then they started using Ellison more. Ellison's a little more of a running threat than Fabian Upshaw. But passing-wise, there is is, is is laughable for them. I mean, they – they complete about forty five percent of their passes, and they only really try about six. Uh, not, I'm sorry, twelve to fourteen uh, a game, completing six. So, so if um, they get behind, they do like Georgia Tech used to uh, use the passing game to when they felt like they had a quick strike. What, what Georgia Tech used to, except for except for when they they target Megatron four straight times. The thing is, Georgia Southern's their leading receiver only has nine catches. Yeah, through what nine games? Yeah, they're, they they don't. They so don't there really is zero threat. Yeah, you know, Southern the low last of the season for them is they lost on the road to West Virginia, and West Virginia's a different team now than they were then. But they lost forty four to nothing. Uh, here's the thing: our defense and West Virginia's defense at the beginning of the season before they had a bunch of injuries are very similar. Now there is no transfer property in football. Will would have just said that had he been here. Uh, so, but when you look at what Georgia Southern has done in rushing defense. Let me go through a list and tell you, rushing-wise, the teams they faced. West Virginia, 92nd in the nation rushing. Western Michigan, 78th in the nation rushing defense. Citadel, 62nd in FCS rushing defense. Idaho, 127th rushing defense. UL Monroe, 117th. New Mexico State, 124th. App State's 30th. Texas State, 125th, Troy, 109th. Wow. They faced one team above 78th in the nation rushing-wise. Now, if we were in the fifth game of the season, we'd say, well, part of that's because they faced a really good rushing team. But they have faced some truly abysmal rushing defense teams. Now, Georgia's not great rushing defense. Uh, We're a much better pass defense team, which is a little weird to think about. But we're not terrible rushing defense. And we're, um, we're not third. I think we're 42nd, if I remember right. But the, the thing that concerns me about this is that you think about that first Auburn that first, that first Auburn drive, drive. Yeah, Javon uh, Robinson was all well, over the place. We really got sucked in on that on those uh, the the read, mm-hmm. uh, and then when they they basically cut off the right side. Um, we're going to see a lot of those kinds of plays. But the the difference is the difference is is that we are literally going to be able to drop back in single coverage, and we will not play zone. We should not ever play zone in this game. We're going to have a lot of run blitz. We're going to have a lot of stunts. I think Carter and uh, Jenkins and um, Floyd are going to have huge games. Uh, for that matter, I think Jake Gaines is going to have a big game. Because the, the way you do that is every play, everybody plays their gaps. And when they read off the middle linebacker, even with the, the, you know, our defense, our, our defensive uh, alignment, they're going to read off that middle linebacker, which is Gaines. I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities for guys to come up and make tackles out on the edge. And we have to edge contain. If this turns into a Florida 2014 game, we're in big trouble. Yeah, Georgia Southern can beat us. That's one other thing I want to make sure. Georgia Southern can beat us. They beat Florida, and I think we're a better team than Florida was in, was that 13? But defensively, I think this is a game that we can we can, we can can handle them. Um, they're going to get their yards. I would not be surprised me at least they get 300 yards rushing. It wouldn't surprise me at least. By the way, this is going to be a really quick game. <laughs> uh, because they they That's had right. they lead the nation, or I'm sorry, the third in the nation in time of possession. Because well, yeah, they, they, the had, ball a lot. they had it for, what, 42 minutes against Troy? That sounds right. You know, we, our new offense is 
we're taking we're snapping the ball in five seconds every time. Well, and, I heard I heard Rick on his call-in show last night. He made he basically said like, "Look, we're not as good." I mean, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, "We're not as good as we thought we would be on offense." So we're huddling a lot more, mm-hmm. trying to milk that clock yeah. and play a possession game. Yeah, and if you think about it, that's exactly what we did in o two o three o four because we had to. You know, we we basically relied on the defense. Well, the way you help your defense out is keep them off the field. Your defense looks really good if the other teams only run 57 plays because they just don't have – the other team doesn't have an opportunity to run run plays. The other part about Georgia Southern is they have a fair number of long running plays uh, because you would think they would, but they don't have a fair number of – like when you look at the the nationwide, they don't have a lot of 10-plus yard plays overall. Hmm. So they're like fifth in the nation in 10-plus yard rushing plays. They're like 65th in the nation overall because they don't throw the ball. Right. Um, So – Basically, what what you end up with is a team that, if you can get them into third and long, they don't have options, which means you have to play really disciplined in the first two downs, which is something we we we've seen Georgia's defense do. You know, you look at stats and you you kind of view things differently. Before we go into uniforms, uh, you view things differently than I do sometimes. And what do you see? I keep hearing all this like, "Hey, we need to worry about Georgia Southern," and yeah, I'm a Georgia homer. But I'm not really that worried about this game. I've seen – it's almost like I've seen this movie before. Sure. I've seen them come up here about three or four times. And you know, each time they're very good in you know, a 1AA school or FCF school, whatever you call it. And every time they score 12, 13, 14 points, you know, maybe hang around in the first, second quarter, and then it's over. And I, I, don't, I don't see how it's going to be any different unless the turnover battle happens. And I'm, I'm, I tend to think that – they stand more of a chance of you know, fumbling it than we do. Yeah, they no, they have a fair number of interceptions on the season. I think they have 14. They're 10th or 12th in the but nation. They are intercepting? Where they're intercepting the ball. Okay. But they picked off a bunch of passes against, against a couple Yeah, against a couple teams. Um, the, the only concern, the biggest concern I have is that if we go in a situation where we get behind. We get behind two scores. We do open ourselves up to a situation where we are in danger of losing the football game. Now, that doesn't mean we will because I think I – th- look, I think Southern and Auburn are fairly closely matched teams. I think I actually think Auburn's a better football team. Well, if uh, Southern and Auburn are closely matched teams, we played Auburn really close, so they must be closely matched with us too. Yeah, I don't think they're – Or is that the whole transitive property thing? I, 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 think, I think Southern – this is as close as Southern's been to Georgia – Mm-hmm. No, I'd agree with that. The, what's now the fifth time we played them, I think. You know, so you know the the fact of the matter is, is that you know this is a losable game. Now, if Will were here, he would ask the question. I'll ask it to you. What happens if we lose this game? Oh, I can't put it into words because I'm not entertaining that idea. It's not supposed to happen. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, it's it's inconceivable. What's the Princess Bride? That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, inconceivable. But let's keep in mind, this is a Georgia Southern team last year. Against Georgia Tech, who went on to have a 10-win season, took them to the wire and should have beaten them in Atlanta. I agree. They should have beaten them. I now, agree. I think Georgia Southern was a better team last year than they are this year, uh, You know, although the record doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily show that. You know, I think at, at some point you have to be – at some point you have to be kind of like – you have to be real with yourself, okay? Realistically, what could happen? The path for Georgia Southern to beat Georgia is that – we don't play disciplined defense, and they just run up and down the field, and we don't, you know, we end up having a situation where um, should we pour out some for the homie? Yeah. Uh, the people aren't with us, so uh, Scott just finished off the the bourbon bottle. It's okay, guys. We got another hour's worth of bourbon left in our glasses. That's right. So, um, 
the you know I think the path of victory is that Georgia Southern's defense, I mean Georgia's defense doesn't play great because Georgia Southern's defense is they're okay, but I I think we can score on them. I really do, and you know they you think, are. You think we can score on Georgia Southern? Yes. Why wouldn't you think that? Yes. Well, because there are people read Twitter, read Facebook, read. I mean, there are people who think we can't score on anybody. Period. Uh, let's put aside the fact that we scored twenty points last week, and it's only twenty points. I get that, and part of that was by design. I mean, we are. Our game plan right now anticipates us to hold the ball 35, 36 minutes and only run 60 plays. Do we just not have a game breaker? Are you sitting here telling me that that Nick Chubb was the only guy that could take it to the house no. for us? I mean, Sony Michelle could do that. What, what happens if we hit one of those three long passes to, to Mitchell? Whole different game. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but- and I think we're going to try that. I think, and I think we should try that. Oh, yeah. We should try that. And look, one of the passes, it looked to me like Mitchell gave up on the route. Mm-hmm. One of the passes was underthrown, and one of them was just well defended. I, I would say the one where they called the pass interference on Mitchell, they should have called it on Auburn, or there should, should have been no call. But still, it was a well-defended play. The guy was with him the whole way. The ball was thrown where it was supposed to. Uh, somehow, I was actually watching the dog, uh, the, 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 the game with, with, with Paul Westerdog. And he said, oh, Mitchell ran the wrong route. I said, you really think so? And we watched it about four times. And it, I think there's a way of looking at it and saying Mitchell, Mitchell ran the wrong route. But still, you hit any one of those, it's a different game. Why can't this be like the South Carolina game? What, what keeps us from, you know, because the way I haven't looked up stats. Because we won't, we won't call that play. I thought that's what we we're going to see against Auburn. We came out in that first drive. We hit a couple of quick slants. We ran a wheel route. We ran the 90s uh, Z92 takeoff to the fullback. I thought, man, this is it. Wow, I, we're going back to the South Carolina game plan. And we divorced ourselves from it. And it's just, it's hard to understand. We could spend a whole podcast talking about our offensive, what our offensive play calling is. I'm not an offensive coach. I don't, I can't pretend to be an offensive coach. Neither is Coach Sale. But <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I, I like I like dark play Scott. So um, the hard part about it for me is if we find something that works, will we stick with it? Because it was clear in a couple of drives we did a great job of that. Again, that jet sweep play, we should run that play six times a game. We just should, and there's no way around it uh, because it was perfectly timed. It was perfectly executed. That's a ten yard play every time if we want to run it. Um, I didn't. We didn't run the wildcat as much as I thought we would, no. and, and, and I'm fine with that. At some because point, there's no there's no threat to pass. Well, yeah, I was about to say that. At some point, I think what we're going to do is I really do think we're going to run up a wildcat. We're going to figure out a way whether we bring Lambert in motion or something. We're going to figure out a way to put the quarterback back into play. Wait, are you suggesting that Terry Godwin take the snap, bring Grayson Lambert in motion, flip it to him, and let him step back and James Jackson it all the way down the sideline? Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> okay, yeah. Thriller from Manila, Camilla. No, that's, that's not Jermaine James. Jones. It's still Jermaine Jones. So, still Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones. Yeah, Jermaine. I was here. I watched. I, know. I watched him set the ball on the turf against the LSU at the end of the game. He never should have left early. You think? And neither should. Uh, who was it? Dunkzilla. Um, Dunkzilla. Who's the guy that a couple years ago? Uh, the, both of them left early and went to the Clippers. Travis Leslie. Yeah, Leslie. Although yeah. Leslie's doing okay. He's still he's he's back and forth between D League and on all the roster. So. And Trey Tompkins. Yeah, Tompkins. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. both got drafted by the Clippers. Yeah. Well, ironic. The Clippers are awesome. Well, Blake, Blake Griffin loves them. Uh, so, you know, one last thing about this game that, that uh, you know, if we could, we get a special teams game. Oh, yeah. Now that's, I, that's the X factor. I mean, it does the X factor. And there is no surprise. I don't know if you saw the quotes. Mark Rick uh, made some comment to the effect of, you know, we were not playing Isaiah because. He his decision making in practice. Yeah. 
I, I think his decision making is just get fine. That and you know, here's the thing: I, I get that you all you know you see reps in practice, and that's what you do. But come on, bro. <laughs> nothing against Godwin. Nothing against Reggie Davis. Other than Reggie Davis, it did cost us two games. Um, no, I mean nothing. But still, you know, he he ha- obviously handles the ball well in practice, and there just could have been. Yeah, it just could have been his two mess ups were whatever. But Isaiah McKenzie should be returning all the punts. He just should be and there's, kickoffs. Wait, why not? I mean, there's, I mean a, there's a guy. Is his name? Is his name Choate on the kickoff team? I mean, he's got who Kirby is he? Choate. Kirby Choate. Is he a, Kirby. Was he recruited? Yeah, of course he was. Recruited. I, mean, yeah. I thought he was a walk on. I never. No, heard no, of him. no. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was pretty. I think he's three or four star. So okay. He's yeah. He's he's. I mean, he's going to end up being pretty big time. I think. I think. Okay. Hey. So, but McKenzie is uh, McKenzie's kind of guy. That needs to be on the field as much as possible. Anytime he has the opportunity to handle the ball, yeah. Um, playing in the what the X maybe the playing the X X X receiver position. Um, I would be really surprised if we don't target him some this week because I think you know one thing about George Southern and I haven't seen them play, but once for only for a few minutes, I have to think speed wise, McKenzie's going to be faster than anybody to have, especially on defense. And I don't care how bad a quarterback. Grayson Lambert is, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's 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 not Christian Hackenberg bad, but he is. Um, if if you were to say you're going to throw the ball to McKenzie and you throw it 55 yards, basically you tell McKenzie you run just as fast as you can to the middle of the field, the ball will be there. Yeah, put that, him on a post route. That can be a touchdown. Yeah. So I'll leave that out there. But you know, you know, defense the defensive matchup, I'm I'm okay with. Uh, I, I, when when they're on defense, you know they're they're pretty good on defense. We need to be careful that we we control the ball. But otherwise, I think it looks like the Auburn game with some uh, with a couple extra scores. I looked it up, and we have played Georgia Southern five times. So this is the sixth time. This is the okay. sixth time we're playing. We first started playing them in 1992. The last time we played them was 2012. The largest margin of victory happened in 2012. It was 45 to 14. Okay, we played them in uh, what four or five? It was fairly close. I'll I'll tell you, nineteen ninety two we won thirty four to seven, two thousand we won twenty nine to seven, two thousand four it sounds close, but it really wasn't forty eight twenty eight. Yeah, they scored a bunch of points, and we, we that was with they they had AP their own yeah, version of yeah, AP yeah, back yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then in uh, two thousand eight forty five twenty one, and then in two thousand twelve forty five fourteen. So right. I mean, look, people, Georgia fans need to be okay with us winning this game 24-14. Mm-hmm. Because if we win 24-14, that's not, you know. I, I mean, we, we we could win it by more, but 24-14 feels what I think this game's going to be. And not to get ahead of our picks, but yeah. Right. Speaking of picks, is, uh, do you think we've closed the Let's book on, on this? Let's okay. move on. All right, so we are going to close the book on that. I wish we had a soundbite from Will. Hey, can you can you channel your inner Will? Is there anything that he would say right now? Yeah. Besides a couple of big words? Yeah. So, clearly, I don't know, something about Illinois. Blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Three dollar words. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he's up in New York. Go on. Yeah. I, I can't even do, look, I live in central Illinois where Will is from for five years. And I never once was able to get close to the accent. And I'm, I'm okay at accents as long as they're, you know, Jamaican or something. To me, <laughs> you don't like the New York New York? I can do a New York. Yeah, I can do a New York. I can do a New York. You know, to me, Will seems kind of accent neutral. Yeah, well, that's that's Central Illinois. That's why they always say, if it plays in Peoria, play anywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm born and raised in the South, and I don't really have an accent. No, we don't have an accent. Everybody else does. No, you do. 
Oh, I do. I'm from South Georgia. Yeah, Damn. yeah. No, yeah. but no, but I really don't. I think I'm completely. You're, you're wrong, Scott. <laughs> neutral to my. So hey, send us a tweet. Do I have an accent or not? Do I have a Southern accent? Because I've been told more times than not that I don't have a Southern accent, even though I was, even though I was born and raised in Atlanta. Anyway, and I was in. I was born and raised in Atlanta back when Atlanta was like we thought Alpharetta was like way out in the country. Alpharetta was way out in the country. It was Georgia 400 was like this cute little two lane road. All right, so we'll get to the picks. And, or a horse trail for you, but no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Stone Mountain was way out in the country, too. Um, so these picks, I'm going to go ahead and warn y'all. Yeah, these, yeah. Can I say something about these picks? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the way the picks work uh, is that I have basically SEC and a couple other games always auto-picked. As you all know, this is Cupcake Saturday for the SEC. I mean, there are three SEC games. The rest of the games are utter nonsense games. Um, so what happened was when the when the administrator of the the pool that would be me uh, was supposed to change the games I forgot to um, <laughs> and there were a lot of good reasons for that most of them involved steak and bourbon so uh, I just forgot to on Sunday night so, so we so ended up no, with a really really there's no Michigan slate. State Ohio State on no. this oh. and I'm okay with making I'm okay with going to making those picks I, if you want to talk about Michigan State Ohio State I really don't I, I got some care. hot takes I, I got care. some hot takes oh you do okay. yeah well since yeah. you have hot takes then yeah but yeah. normally I could care less about the Big Ten except yeah. except Illinois yeah and I would have Illinois is Illinois yeah, in Illinois there? Is I think on there. okay yeah. good no, well, let's do our. We have eleven games. So it's, All right, it's, so go. It's since we have catch up week. It's since we have eleven up. games, go ahead and preview the Michigan State Ohio. Or, yeah, Michigan State Ohio. State. Yeah. So preview. Connor Cook is hurt. Uh, Connor Cook is Michigan State's quarterback. The conventional wisdom on Michigan State is they've been playing above their heads. Uh, they got a, they got a lucky win against Michigan. Uh, they look terrible against Nebraska. Here's the thing that that Michigan State does well that is trouble for Ohio State. Is they do really well in and clamping down on dynamic offenses. Now, are you saying Ohio State has a dynamic offense? Well, you know, it's it's Ezekiel Elliott, and then yeah. of course Barrett's going to be back because he you know he served us three quarters uh, for whatever the, his infraction was this week. So um, you know, look for that game to be really close. I'm not willing to say Michigan State wins that game. I am now firmly in the camp of rooting for chaos. Yeah, so you I really want, am. You, you I want, want I want Michigan State to win. Right. I do. I, it would be awesome to me to see an Iowa-Michigan State Big Ten championship game. It would just be really fantastic. And then me. have Michigan State beat Iowa. The Michigan State beat Iowa. And then we have you know Houston, North Carolina, and something. I don't know. It yeah. did, I mean, because if Georgia, Georgia ain't playing in the playoffs, let's have chaos. Let's just make it fun. We're going to need you to diagram chaos for the SEC. Chaos for the SEC? Yeah. Oh, that's simple. That's okay. really simple. How, what would be the well, – like, clearly, right off the top clear, of your head? Clearly, you know Florida's going to play – in okay. the SEC championship but, game. But maybe have them lose to FSU? Lose to FSU and okay. have Ole Miss win the West. How, can Ole Miss still win the West? I think they still can. I don't know. Maybe not. Alabama would have to lose to Auburn. Okay. I'm fine with that. Either way. Or or I can't have Florida win the SEC. I just can't live in that world. I can't live in that world. So whoever's in the West. My, mind can't, I can, my mind can't live in that world. But so, have have yeah, have Alabama lose to Auburn but still play an SEC championship. And win the lose. SEC. Yeah. Yeah. And – all you SEC homers out there, like, oh, SEC, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. It doesn't help Georgia if anyone besides Georgia plays in the playoffs. It doesn't help Georgia if anyone. It just shut up, okay? Let's be done with that nonsense. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Houston, Utah, and I don't know. I, North Utah, Carolina. Utah can't. North Carolina, yeah. North Carolina's 9-1. You want to talk about the last year the craziest loss, easily the craziest loss across the board, was Georgia versus Florida. It was the craziest loss in the nation. It was. This year? Last year, 
Well, no, but what is this year. year's craziest loss? Oh, South Carolina over North Carolina. Easy. Well, that's what happened. You throw four interceptions in the end zone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Marquise Williams threw four interceptions against South Carolina, threw him in the end zone. That game easily could have been a 21-point North Carolina And, then, the, and then we would have talked to your children about North Carolina. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Uh, Gene Chizik, uh, uh, national championship winner. Where is he going to be coaching next year? Central Florida. Really? Yeah, I hope so. God, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, he's, coaching, he's coaching somewhere. There's too many You don't think he'd go to Missouri? There's too many. No, no. Tom Herman's going to Missouri. The AD at, the AD at Missouri was the AD at Houston when Tom Herman was hired. He's going to Missouri. That's, oh, okay. That's the thing. That's really a thing. Uh, South Carolina. Oh. Who are they going to get? South Carolina bros. Gene Chizik. Listen to me. Gene Chizik. Repeat it to yourself. Gene Chizik. You can play defense, y'all. So um, so that's 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 what chaos looks like to me. Awesomeness. Um, and then, yeah, no Notre Dame. In no, whatever, no. Whatever shape that happens. Because I'm sorry. I'm Catholic. I don't care about Notre Dame. And I hope they lose. So it's like it's like since you're Catholic, you can talk about I can Notre talk Dame. all the smack about Notre Dame I want. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's what was. So right. Let's talk about. Teams. So we'll move on. Um, Illinois. At, this is in fact the only Big Ten uh, game we have picked. The others are just a smattering of horrible SEC games. Uh, you know, with matchup. Spe- speaking speaking about matchups. Yeah. Uh, Illinois at Minnesota. Do they play for a trophy in this game? It seems. Like I'm all sure. Big- I'm sure it's like an oaken pig or something. It's <laughs> some some sort of like the barbed wire fence. So can Will's buddies at Illinois? Make the drive for six happen this weekend. Yeah, I think they do. Um, uh, Minnesota's playing with an, an interim coach who is actually an awesome, awesome, awesome guy. I mean, he looks like he's a lot of fun. He, this is the kind of guy you want to go to Vegas with, Rob Ford. Seriously. So um, he is a, uh, you know, but the, the the thing is, is that Minnesota's kind of accomplished what they wanted to. You know, they, they, they're they, not bowl eligible yet. They're not bowl eligible yet. They they lost a very close game to Michigan uh, because of some coaching snafus. I, I think I think Illinois writes a ship. They get their sixth win this week. I've picked Illinois way too many times this year, kind of like Georgia Tech, and I've lost every time. Well, kind of like picking Georgia, too. And in my NFL picks with my sons, I've picked the Falcons way too much because they now have three losses. Anyway. Having said all that, I'm going to go with the home team, Minnesota. They are favored by five and a half points. I'm going to go with the Gophers. You know, it could snow this weekend in Minneapolis. Oh, that'd be awesome. I love watching snow games. Yeah, I love watching snow games, but not live. Okay, here's here's a question. Has Georgia ever played in a game where it snowed? Maybe up in Kentucky one year? The closest I can think of is when it was 35 degrees and pouring rain against Georgia Tech in 2004 when Reggie Ball threw out the ball out of the back of the end zone. That's yeah. the closest I can think of. I mean, it's possible, I guess, but. Maybe a flurry. Yeah, I mean, it's like. It's, it's, it's like, not like AM versus Mississippi State. Oh, the beautiful. The Speak, speaking of, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to try to get, uh, I think I told you this, I'm going to try to get the uh, Camping World Independence Bowl chairman on in a couple of weeks, who's a Georgia grad. Sweet. He's an attorney in Shreveport, and uh, his brother's a, his, he was at that game, actually. He and his wife were at that game. His brother's a Texas a Are we in discussion for the Independence Bowl at all? No, I think we're beyond that. Okay. I, I, I guess we'd lose two. It, we, it could be on the table, but, um, yeah. Don't, no. don't say that. Not happening. All right. Uh, Charles, Charleston Southern and Alabama. What's, what's the spread on this game? Uh, 45 and a half. I think Southern covers. You think Charleston Southern covers yeah. forty five minutes? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, look at this point. But we're, we're not we, picking. We're not picking that. No, Alabama wins this game by that's my thirty five. I'm going to put that as twelve or my my yeah, highest. You should point value. absolutely. 
Yeah, there's. I mean, I can't believe we've spent this this much time on. Yeah, it. what forty five seconds? Yeah. I mean, does so? So let me ask you this: Is Derrick Henry the front runner of the Heisman Trophy? I don't know. Yeah, I. It seems kind of very muddled I, I, this year. I, I think he has to do really well against Auburn, and he can. Um, I think he's certainly ahead of Fournette now oh, after what for, happened with easily. Fournette against Auburn, Arkansas. So you know, as far as SEC players go, here's the thing: Dak Prescott comes out and balls the next two games. It's time to start talking about him for it because what Mississippi State has done, and we have Mississippi State in the pool this week. What Mississippi State has but done, but they got smoked last weekend. Yeah, but it's Alabama. Who doesn't uh, get smoked with Alabama? But, but if but, you don't throw the ball over five times, but Derrick Henry had the right, the but, sensational seventy-five yard run. Sure, sure, sure. I'm not saying. I'm just saying Dak Prescott could maybe he'll get could an sneak invite. back in. Yeah, could sneak back in. All right. LSU at Mississippi. So they so this actually is two ranked teams. Um, yeah, this LSU's, is probably the best game on our slate this week. Yeah, LSU is the most disappointed team in the nation past couple weeks after what's happened to them. They got birded. Yeah, here's the thing about this. is that LSU clearly struggles against power-running power. teams. Mississippi ain't a power-running no. team. So you think they might? Yeah, I think, I think LSU wins this game. That, you know what? I, w- I was thinking, I was leaning towards Ole Miss because they are a favorite in this game. But after you point that much? out, four and a half. Oh, that's that's so, a huge spread. That's a weird number. Yeah. Yeah, basically it's field goal, field goal and a half. Field goal and safety? Yeah, field goal and safety. Yeah, I'm going to go with LSU on this. I think they get a good bounce back up in Oxford and Mississippi fans are going to continue to scratch their heads of like the season that could have been. Yeah, I'm telling you, Mississippi, Mississippi is a guy you went to high school with that you did not want to fight because he's he's just – he could take his pants off. He could <laughs> fling poo. Anything could happen. He could go down. All right. The Citadel, this is interesting. It says the Citadel is 0-1 on the season. Yeah, because they lost to Georgia Southern. That's the only loss. That they don't have any wins on yeah, the Yeah, well, they don't put FCS games up. Oh, okay. They play South Carolina. All right. Yep. They are in Columbia at 29 and a half. Citadel covers. But South Carolina wins. South Carolina wins. Yeah, I got you. All right. I mean, these are awful. These yeah, are it's terrible. Pasty, it's terrible. That's my pasty, fault. Pasty, my pasty, fault. pasty. Florida. But that's also why we have a seven thirty game. We should be noted. You know, I seven, said seven. I, I'm sorry, seven. seven o'clock. I said earlier in the season we're going to have a seven o'clock. And you the did? reason I said seven thirty actually is because I was thinking SEC Network. I hear you. But we're on the SEC Network because we have the best out of conference game of the week, and every all the other games are uh, yeah, are set up for ESPN and CBS. Yep. So. Florida Atlantic at Florida. We're going to pick Florida. Does Florida cover? What what's, happens? Uh, what's the spread on the game? Thirty-one and a half. What's Florida Atlantic record? Three and two six. and eight. Two and eight. Who have they beat? They have beat. That's a good question. What's the Let's scores? See. They beat Charlotte and Five. Florida International. What are the scores? They they beat Charlotte by ten points and Florida International by what? I can't do that. How many points 14. are they scoring? Not many. Okay. Yeah, I got to pick Florida. Uh, I was really is going there. As far as defense is good, as far as offense remains terrible. Yeah, they really struggled against South Carolina in a way that I didn't think they were going to struggle. Right. Um, but they're going to win this game. I don't think they cover. That's a big number. Right. It doesn't prepare them at all for next week. Against Florida, Florida State? Right. Yeah. Idaho at Auburn. I mean, if there could ever be Idaho. a chaos what? upset in the that, world. This is only like a nine-point nine point. No, they're they're 31.5-point favorites. Is it really? But okay, if, there, if there could ever be one of those like, hey – we're ESPN, and we're going to show you highlights of the Idaho-Auburn game because Idaho won, because normally we wouldn't show you these highlights. Well, you know who that coach at Idaho is. Is it the guy that talks like uh, the guy from Major League? Paul Petrino. Oh, I thought, what happened to the guy that used to talk, uh, Coach Ag or something? Oh, yeah. He talked like the, the coach from Major League? Yeah. 
entire world. Yeah. I don't know. Paul I got Petrino. a guy, Paul Petrino. Mm. Yeah, it, you should never invite. What time's that game? That game's. Uh, you should never invite Petrino to your house on the weekend. It's just he's going to break your liquor cabinet, and bad <laughs> stuff happens. All right, so you're going. Auburn, Auburn. still wins. Yeah, Auburn still wins. Uh, Mississippi State at Arkansas. Now, this, this is a crazy is a, good game. This and, and unfortunately, this game is on the same time as Georgia is. Yeah, yeah, we'll be watching the score. Um, you know. <laughs> There's something about Repolima that is really compelling to me. And it could be his kind of likable. Well, he's likable. He's kind of every guy. He's from, you know, he's from Prophetstown, Illinois. He's getting like bigger every really week. Really blue collar. Yeah, he's, he's now, he's getting his, I mean, let's be clear. He's getting his pullovers made by Weber Gas Grills. And, um, <laughs> but he's still hopping on the wife. So, uh, <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, good, good for you. You go, Brett. So, um, I, I you know, the, the, What's this like a six point three three? Is and it half. that close? Three and a half. I, I, there's something about this game that makes me think that Dak Prescott's going to be the difference. It's going to be another crazy game because we're talking oh, Arkansas. Brandon, Brandon Allen's playing way too well right now. Yeah, but we're still talking. We're talking. We're talking Arkansas. I believe it's going to be. A, it's going to be a triple overtime game. Yeah, and triple oh. overtime game. You you pick the best player on the field. And that's a, that's that's Dak Prescott. I respect that, but. I, think, I mean, Arkansas could win the game by twenty five. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's a crazy close game. I think by the time we get home, this game will start to end. <laughs> That's right, because this won't be a fast game. No, this game has got four hours and twenty minutes minutes written all over it. All right, uh, Tennessee at Missouri. Ugh. Yeah, um, I hope Missouri wins. You know, here's what I think about this game. Is that Tennessee fans? No, I'm sorry, Tennessee Tennessee players think they've arrived. Um, and, and it's hard to talking trash as a Georgia fan because of what happened there. No <laughs> doubt whatsoever, if Chubb doesn't get hurt, and you can't play the what if game. I have no doubt Chubb, if Chubb doesn't get hurt, we win this game. I have no doubt if we don't fumble the ball inside the twenty yard line, we win this game. We catch two drop passes, we win this game. Well, the, the, uh, fourth and, the fourth and eight never happens. The fourth and eight never happens, right? That's right. exactly right. right. Now, Missouri still struggles to score points, but they are a legit defense in a way that we – I mean, they haven't had a letdown game. And this is their first home game since this everything first, went yeah, down. Yeah, So I realize this may be just – I may be pulling Scott here and saying I want them to win, so I'm going to pick them. I think Missouri wins. Yeah. I think I think there's going to be too much emotion – uh, in Columbia this week with the, Missouri is what they're now five and yeah they're five and five they get some bowl holes yep yep they got too much they're fighting for with uh, Coach Pinkle you know and not only was he stepping down but he has you know he's going to be battling uh, lymphoma yeah or he, he is battling he is lymphoma um, and then everything that happened on campus a couple weeks ago you know just it probably is they're they're probably needing a home game to really rally around each a little other little south for the soul yeah so I'm going to go with Missouri the third college football playing. Oh, revealed at nine thirty. Oh man, we're gonna miss the rankings. Yeah, it'll be fine. Okay, it'll be fine. You can probably predict. Rankings. Yeah, it's got Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, and some other team. Yeah, um, Charlotte at Kentucky. Who cares, really? I mean, well, I'll pick Kentucky because I, I mean, have to pick this. Yeah, it's a twenty-something point game, and there's no way Kentucky I mean, scores another point. Look, Kentucky's a team in shambles. I wouldn't watch this Stoops, game. Stoops could be on. I mean, go ahead. Go I wouldn't. Ahead. I, I wouldn't watch this game if it were the only thing on. I mean, it could be. Let's see. What's my most? What's the cartoon that I hate watching the most? Probably SpongeBob. No, it's probably uh, Doc McStuffins. So, because my five year old daughter, yeah, yeah, Doc my, McStuffins. You, you've got a young young daughter. Uh, 
Yeah, so uh, it's probably it's probably that. So I would probably rather watch Doc McStuffins or maybe Henry Danger. That's a good show. Ugh. Um over watching Charlotte at Kentucky. Here's the thing. Kentucky is a um Kentucky's in disarray. Yeah. They had a defensive one of their defensive stars made a comment and dropped that bomb in a quote about, you know, because they Kentucky got the ball inside the five yard line for them twice against Vanderbilt and they came away with zero points. Mm. You know, the dissension we think we had three weeks ago now. It's real at Kentucky. And when you, when you have defensive players giving quotes, quotes after the game, dropping the F-bomb, talking about, I don't know what to do, that's 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 a real problem. Now, having said that, yeah, man, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick Charlotte in this game. But Kentucky, I think Kentucky wins. But They're going to look ugly doing it? Yeah, Stoops is in trouble. Yeah. Stoops is in trouble. I don't think he gets fired this year. Stoops is in trouble. Do they really care? I mean, because well, Duke, yeah, because Duke's playing Kentucky right now in college basketball. Yeah, yeah. Duke is playing Kentucky. I don't know what the score is. We can we check that. Well, you'll, by the way, by the time you listen to this, yeah, you'll it doesn't know. matter. <laughs> uh, I forgot this is on demand radio. Uh, so, but but here's the thing: they do care because they've sunk a lot of money into their stadium. They actually pay Stoops a fair amount of money, and they've they've actually gone out and ponied up for a couple of things, and they they built some excitement with the recruiting. The problem is their their offense has regressed way more than Georgia's offense has, mm-hmm. and that's they had 180 yards against Georgia. Yeah, and they actually looked worse last week. Now, not statistically wise, but they looked worse. Yeah. Texas A and M at Vanderbilt. You know, if you had said Texas A and M Vanderbilt was a trouble game for Texas A and M. Uh, five weeks ago, people would laughed at you. Right. It's a trouble game for Texas A and M. It's total trouble. Um. You know, I've been on the Vanderbilt train, especially their defense. How about our little Twitter war on Saturday with that Vanderbilt? Yeah, by the way, Dwayne. By the Dwayne, right? No, no Dwayne's no. your friend. Yeah, Dwayne's, Dwayne's your friend. Uh, what was his name? Whatever his name was. Assume. Let's assume I remember your name. Um, I'm sorry, bro. I just didn't. It's like it's five days ago. I just can't remember. I know. You know, you there was passion. There was, and and I respect that. I yeah. really do respect that. Um, the, here's the thing about this game. This is not the kind of game. This is a get right game. Dylan M. Dylan. Dylan. My man Dylan. I say my man Dylan. Uh, this is not a get-right game for a freshman quarterback to struggle with. Uh, because Vanderbilt's defense is legit. Top, what, uh, 10, 12 in the nation. They can cause havoc for Texas A&M. This isn't I want Vanderbilt to win. This is I think they'll win. I'm picking Vandy. I am too. I think that they're... I think that's going to be the upside of the week around. But is it really... Well, the, yeah, because I mean, it's Vanderbilt. The, the, people people yeah. say that, but it's Vanderbilt. But, but yeah. see, they did the same thing to Auburn a couple of years ago when they showed up in Nashville and they beat Auburn. Yeah. And they beat yeah. us there. So it's really yeah. not that shocking because we have to play them every year. But the national scope will be like, ooh, Vanderbilt beat Texas A&M. Yeah. But Vanderbilt's better. It's only like it's, not, it's hardly an upset. It's like a one-point one game, right? It's seven and a half. Is it seven and a half Texas A&M? It is. Now, now Vanderbilt struggles scoring points. Well, here's the thing. You literally have been on the Vanderbilt bandwagon Defensive all year. Bandwagon. And it took till week nine or ten right. for for me to believe you. Yeah, look, if Vanderbilt like Vander wins this know. game, it's an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Like 14-10, 10-7. I mean, this is not a 28-21 game. It's just not because because Vanderbilt still struggles offensively. But you know, you throw in a defensive score in there because I think AM's gonna throw an interception or two. You throw a defensive score in there, uh, or a couple of short fields. Um, let's not forget Vanderbilt was a terrible shank punt away from taking Florida to overtime. That's right in the swamp. That's right. So 
I think it happens. I think you're right. And I think they're going to wear their awful deep water gray blue the uniforms. Gr- the gray, steel metal gray, gun metal gray. Yeah. Deep, yeah. They call it deep water. It almost sounds like a cologne. By I think the way, there is a cologne. By the way, water. Vanderbilt people, anchor down ain't good. Okay. It's anchor down means, oh, we're going to slow down. And and just so just so y'all know, t- Tony and I, we didn't know we were going to get into some Twitter battle, but I, I tweeted something out because Tony said something and I said something, but it had to do with the fact that Vanderbilt's coach name is Derek Mason. And oh, I yeah, made the joke right. about how you know he used to be the Tennessee Titans receiver and then took the job, <laughs> and then some Vanderbilt fan thought that I was serious. That's not him. <laughs> it was like, you know, know nothing that. about him. We know that, bro. We yeah. have Wikipedia. We're yeah. good. <laughs> uh, although, Dylan, to be, to be fair, Dylan followed us, and and uh, yeah. I got to give him credit. Uh, and I didn't think I would pick them the other night. We are having this conversation about picking them. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Dylan in Nashville. He tweets a lot. I followed he, him, and I'm like, whoa, he's bro. A, he's, he is a master tweeter. <laughs> All right, so the game of the week, uh, Georgia Southern at Georgia. And Georgia is a 14.5-point favorite. What do you think? I think Georgia covers. The, the dark side, Tony, says there is no way we score enough points to cover 14 points. No, I, agree. Um, I hear you. You know, Southern's going to keep the ball a bunch. They're going to really, they're going to grind us down. Uh, you know, they're going to score their 14 to 21 points. Uh, they're going to get in the end zone. But there's something, I, 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 I can't put my finger on it. There's something in, it could be defensive. It could be special teams. We're going to score enough points to cover. I've gone back and forth in my head about this. I've, you know, I've kind of exuded a bunch of confidence. It's kind of, it's kind of like I'm the schoolyard bully, you know, exuding a lot of confidence till you get punched in the mouth. Yeah, until like somebody stands up to you. Someone like uh, from Christmas Story, you know, when the kid is the big tough guy and then gets punched in the mouth by Ralphie's brother. Was it yeah. Ralphie or Ralphie's brother that punched? Ralphie. Him? Yeah, Ralphie, Ralphie punched. Ralphie, anyway. went, Ralphie went all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so as we've kind of gone through this podcast. You mentioned, I don't know, about twenty five minutes ago, a score of twenty four fourteen. Yeah, Georgia winning, and don't be don't be mad at that. Yeah, and I'm kind of locking in on the twenty four fourteen. I'm thinking it's probably going to be close at halftime. We're going to be biting our nails, kind of looking at each other in the stands, going like, "What is going on?" But we're going to get the second half kickoff because we're going to defer, obviously, when we win the and toss. We should. Yeah. And um and put it on our defense, and then what we what we'll do is we'll end up scoring. It'll be fourteen seven. I like doing these kind of things of predicting how the game's going. And I was kind of right last week. Yeah, you could be right sometimes. Well, no, I predicted two or three turnovers that happened. You three. Know, anyway, anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get all braggadocious. Y'all can listen. Y'all can listen back to the Auburn. By the way, Scott podcast. just dropped the three dollar word in. Yeah, braggadocious. That's not even a word. Look it up. Merriam Webster hasn't. Pick that word. Anyway, I don't know where it was, but I think Georgia's going. Georgia Southern's going to be up like fourteen seven. We're going to score touchdown with Terry Godwin going into halftime, and then we will receive the opening kickoff, and either Terry Godwin or Isaiah McKenzie will take it back to like the thirty, and then we will struggle and struggle and struggle to get it in to get it in there. We'll either score or kick a field goal, yeah. and take the lead, and then you know kind of grind it out. It's going to be ugly and muddled and everything, and yeah, we'll end up pulling out a twenty four fourteen. Victory and you know the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, we'll know that we've got it in hand, kind of like we did against Auburn. Yeah, we were up by ten. We feel kind of comfortable. Yeah, and then we'll just salt it away with our defense. We give up seventeen, about fourteen points in the first uh, in the first half, and then hold them to zero points in the second. You'll half. take it. We win this game. Period. It doesn't really matter what the score is. We win this game. Right. Right. No, I think I think that's what it's going to be. So awesome. So um, 
Everybody show up Saturday night, by the way. Uh, I, I, it's, so the last, it's last home games, last time until uh, next September. We're going to get to watch the dogs in Athens. So uh, everybody come out. Even, you know, black jerseys, red jerseys, whatever. A 7 o'clock kickoff, unlike what I keep tweeting and putting out on the internet, because I'm not good with times. I'm worse with times with Scott because I liked it. I liked 7.30 in my head like five months ago, and this is where it is now. Right. I'm going to be late for kickoff. I'm sorry. This way it is. Right. I had a dream the other night. This is honest, honest truth, because I was thinking about the jerseys. No, I dreamed about the jerseys. I know this. You're going to think I'm kind no, of I'm, psychotic. I'm com- completely. You, you believe me? Yeah, you dream about jerseys. But That's not a shock. The problem was, it was it was like a black helmet with the old baseball G logo. Remember that? Remember, yeah. Remember why? they wore those? Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't say I enjoyed my dream. But it was a black helmet with that, and I was really struggling in my dream of like, no, you you did it wrong. No, this isn't how it's supposed to be. I don't know who won the game, but Georgia Southern was wearing their white jerseys, and Georgia came out with the black jersey and then the black helmet with the baseball G. Ugh. It was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But so, but but my point is, seven o'clock kickoff. <laughs> it's senior night. Anyway. Get in your seats, guys, because the seniors deserve it. No matter how you feel about the coaches, no matter how you feel about the administration where they are, get in your seats. These players deserve it. Amen to that. So uh, let's go forth and uh, let's go forth and beat Georgia Southern. Go dogs. Go dogs. See you, Will. Thanks for joining us, Will. Thanks for joining us or not. Will, we miss you. <laughs> go dogs. Go kids. Thanks for listening. You can tune in our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Georgia Sports blog, which Tony is a contributor to. Links to his website will be on our show notes page for this episode. As a quick reminder, iTunes ratings and reviews are just about the most important thing we can receive from you, the listener. So if you could find a couple of minutes to throw us an honest rating and review, that would be much appreciated by the three of us. Twitter is a great way to interact with us, and you can tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. Should you be more inclined to hit us up individually, Tony Waller's handle is at Tyler Dogden, mine is at Jawavi Films, and the absent Will Leach is at William F. Leach. We'll see you on campus Saturday night. It should be an amazing atmosphere for senior night in Sanford. Be there early, get loud, and as always, go dogs.